0: Hey, Inspire Church. It's so good to be able to see you today. Preach the word of God to you. Worship with you. And we are enjoying the opportunity that we have to come directly into your home. And help you build an altar that will be meaningful and enrich your life and those of your family members. I pray especially that God's hand of protection is upon you. I literally pray this prayer for you. First of all, God... Cover these wonderful people with your hand and then secondly surround them with an impenetrable wall of angels angel armies that nothing can get through no disease no virus no bacteria nothing that will harm I pray that no thought or strategy of the enemy will be able to affect them in a negative way but you turn that into a blessing instead I hope that's been the case with you and if you're also just tuning in to this and you're a guest and you haven't been to one of the Inspire services yet I hope that in the future I will have an opportunity to meet you I pray the word of God will be a blessing to you that it will inspire you touch you where you live that it will be instructive and give you information that can help you weather this crisis but not just this crisis go on to fulfill your life's purpose and destiny because you were created for a purpose and i want to go to the word of god today and i want to read a an intriguing text of scripture the way it is written is just gripping it's a story in Acts 16 of the apostle paul and silas and how that they were beaten and then thrown into prison listen Verse 22, then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them, the scripture says, into the inner prison and fastened their feet and the stocks, inner prisons. I want to speak today from the subject freedom from inner prisons. It is estimated that at the current rate of incarcerations, 5.1% of U.S. citizens will serve time in prison at some point in their lives. That is a horrifying statistic. It literally means that one out of 20 of us are going to go behind bars during our lifetime. Men, however, are nine times as likely to be sent to prison for the commission of a crime as or women. This also varies from ethnicity to ethnicity. Among black men, one out of four men will do time in prison. But even this doesn't tell the whole story nor does it give us a complete picture of what is happening in our nation or in our world, or for that matter, in many of us in our own life. You see, as horrifying as a physical prison is, and as debilitating as that can be, and as much as that can hinder the development of your destiny, your purpose, and your calling in life, there are other kinds of prison that exist, too. And this is especially true during this pandemic. Let me explain. There are inner prisons where people are bound by things that you cannot see. One of the observations that I have made as a pastor all these many years is that you can see a prison, a physical prison. You can drive by it. You can see its walls. You can see the fences. You can see the guard towers. You might see the inmates in their orange or white jumpsuits. You can see a physical prison. But you can't see the prisons that I'm talking about. They're within a person. The prisons that I'm talking about are just as real as those prisons that you can see that are physical structures. And the people within these inner prisons are held as firmly and as securely as if they were wearing the kind of manacles and chains that might be worn by a prisoner in one of these other types' prisons. I'm talking about inner prisons of the heart and the mind. Nearly everybody that I'm talking to, I think, can relate to what I'm saying. There are many more people who are actually held in this type of prison than there are those that are made of concrete or stone or brick and mortar or steel. And just like there are different types of prisons, as I mentioned, some of stone, some of steel or whatever, there are many types of inner prisons and they all differ. And they hold people as firmly in bondage, if not more so, than the other types of prisons do. I actually think that they're more restrictive. Because you see, when someone has served their time and paid their their penalty and done what they needed to do to make restitution to society, they can leave the other kind of prison. But there are people who go through their entire lifetime in the types of prisons that I'm going to talk about today. They don't ever get out. They live, grow up, they come to maturity, they marry, they have jobs or businesses they become middle-aged they get older their health begins to fail and then someday they leave this planet and yet not one day did they really experience the freedom that christ wanted them to enjoy these types of prisons that i'm talking about are designed by the enemy to thwart a person's search for their purpose and to hinder their efforts to fulfill their destiny. One of the things that I need you to understand is that you do have a destiny. You really do. I've said this so often in our church services. This whole thing about man evolved from some microorganism that eventually grew a tail, climbed up in a tree, and then millennials later dropped down out of the tree and lost his tail, and eventually stood erect and became our ancestors. You can believe that's where you came from if you wish. I don't think they've ever connected the dots on that. If you'll look into it more closely, there's no scientific evidence to support that, not at all. All. Kind of reminds me of a joke I like to tell. And forgive me if I tell it again. But a little girl came into her mother and said, Mom, mom, and she asked that question that every parent dreads hearing. Where did I come from, mother? How did I get here? And the mother grabbed her Bible, sat down. She was an intelligent woman. And she opened it up and read the story of how God created Adam from the dust of the ground. And she said, Baby, God created you. You're a creation of God Almighty. You were made in His image and in His likeness. She was a child of God. And so the little girl went off really happy and excited. And a little while later came back all upset. Her little brow wrinkled in a frown. And she said, Mama mama daddy said that's not true he said that we came from monkeys and I don't know what to believe how can he say we came from monkeys and you say we were created by God and the little girl's mother looked at her and said well baby he was telling you about his side of the family I'm telling you about ours amen we were made in the image and likeness of God and one of the horrifying truths that has come out of teaching this deplorable doctrine that we all evolved from a lower form of life rather than were put here by God is that people no longer have any sense of purpose that has been the consequential result of having taught that as a doctrine people didn't realize it when they began to teach it but they literally stripped away a sense of purpose from entire generations of young men and young women who grew up buying into that no wonder prisons are full No wonder so many people wander aimlessly and do such crazy things to get attention. It's as though they're saying, I do have purpose and I'm going to let you know that that I have a reason for being here. And it might not be a good reason. It might not be one that is beneficial or positive, but they're determined to cry out against the darkness before they fade into oblivion. If only we could understand that every individual was created in the image and likeness of God. So the enemy sets about to try to rob us of that understanding. What he wants to do is imprison our minds and trap us so that we are not free to be who God called us to be. When the Apostle Paul and Silas preached, they met were met with a quite an uproar. There were people that became... Exceedingly angry You go back and you read a little bit about The details of what happened You will see that they were angry Because there were people Who were enriched by The bondage that other people were in There was a little slave girl That had a gift of fortune telling And so Paul Wearied with this little girl Following saying That you're the servant of the most high God And the spokesman of God And so one day he turned and cast that demonic spirit out of her and when he did the people who were made wealthy by her craft became very angry if you haven't figured it out yet we live in a world where there are people that benefit from the slavery of other people there are people that actually they live at the top of the heap because someone that i'm talking to right now is addicted to alcohol or drugs Or there's somebody that is so enslaved by death that they can barely, you know, make ends meet. There are people who drive limousines and live in Fifth Avenue penthouses because we're in bondage. They don't want us to be free. They don't want us to be delivered from these kind of things. And when Paul commanded that spirit come out of that girl... It broke the cycle of wealth that these people were enjoying. But it was wealth that was ill-earned and God was not pleased with it. So they created an uproar. And the result was, is that Paul and Silas were stripped of their clothes. They were beaten unmercifully, the Bible says, with many stripes. And then they were thrown not into prison, but into an inner prison. An inner prison. And it's so picturesque, inner prison, because that's where so many people live. And if I could just borrow that term for a moment, I want to point out to you that just like there are some prisons that are made of concrete and steel and others of brick and some walls are made of stone and some are made of metal topped with barbed wire, I want you to know there are different types of inner prisons that people are in bondage in also. There are prisons of fear. There are prisons of worry. Prisons of stress. Prisons of hate. Prisons of unforgiveness. How about this one? Prisons of low self-esteem. Prisons of anger. They're imprisoned to their own fleshly desires. Or they're imprisoned to guilt and shame that's not how God wants you to live during this virus we have an incredible opportunity it's as though God said whoa whoa time out world time out time out and God has literally called a halt to everything no I don't believe that he started this virus. I don't believe this was the judgment of God. I believe it was an attack of the enemy. But you see the God that we serve has this remarkable ability to hang Haman on his own gallows. To cut off Goliath's head with his very own sword. I want you to understand that what God is doing in the middle of this crisis is slowing everything down so that you and I can examine where we are in life. Where are we in relationship to our calling? Our destiny? Our purpose? Where are we in relationship to our God? How are we doing with our families? If we were to be graded on a score, scale of 1 to 10 right now. Where would we come in at? In terms of building a relationship and mentoring our own children. And teaching them about God. And God just said, "Look, world, you're too busy. You've gotten involved in too many things. You've pushed me out of the way and forgotten about me for so long that I'm just going to say, time to put on the brakes. It's time to reassess everything. And I want you to understand that God does not want us to live in bondage our inner prisons. You see people who are in jail, and it's pretty obvious that they're criminals or that they're prisoners at the very least, simply because of the orange or white jumpsuit they wear and the manacles on their hands and their feet. But how about the people you meet? You can't always tell what's going on on the inside because a lot of them are in prison and you can't even see it. You don't know it. They walk by. You talk to them every day. You work with them on the job. Or how about this? They live in your home. Or how about this? It's you that is dealing with this struggle on the inside. They go to church. They worship. And yet they deal with this haunting sense that something is holding me back. I'm bound and unable to be set free. And these inner prisons... Are prisons that everybody that you know has had to deal with at some point in their life. And this is what the scripture says in John 8 and verse 36 Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And many people have never experienced that freedom. Oh, I'm not saying they're not saved. Many people are. They're saved, but they still struggle. They still have doubt. They still have guilt. They still have shame. They still have unforgiveness in their heart. They still have to deal with hate and anger and emotions rise up at the slightest provocation. They still deal with stress and fear and worry and they're in prison. They still deal with low self-esteem. And that's not how God wants you to live. He came that you could be set free. Christ wants you to be free indeed. These prisons literally keep us from being everything that we're supposed to be for God. Men are held back because they don't have any idea what they're supposed to do with their lives. They're crippled by feelings of of a lack of self-sufficiency and a lack of ability and they feel like they're in over their head or like their little boys sitting on the edge of a, a bench dangling their legs because their self-esteem has been crippled. They can't measure up because they don't know what to measure up to. And so their whole lives become filled with frustration. Women, on the other hand, don't have positive role models either. And they don't know who, who to pattern themselves after. And so their lives are shaped by influences outside of those that God wants to use to preserve their identity in him how do you get free from prisons like this that's the important question you know the story that at midnight Paul and Silas sang praises to God and when they did God sent an earthquake that shook that prison And sometimes you just need God to send something to your life that shakes everything so much that it turns it upside down. You need God to break open some prison bars. And I want you to know that God can do it. And there's no better way for that to happen, no easier way to see it happen, than to be in the presence of God in worship. More deliverance happens there than any other way. When you're in the presence of God, things that attach themselves to you can't hang on. They begin to fall off like leeches. They just fall to the ground. Negative thoughts become transformed by the power of the Word of God. And, and it suddenly occurs to you, for example, that if He thinks you're worth dying for, that you're somebody... And no matter who told you you would never amount to anything, no one, matter who stamped you as being disapproved and uh, reject and loser, that their opinion doesn't matter any longer. It was this amazing story, and I've told it before, how right here in the city of Houston, in one of the flea markets, there was a rock that was sold, if I'm not mistaken, for $10. And... The person that had the rock for sale didn't realize that it was a very large and very rare star sapphire. But somebody came along and they saw what looked like a rock that had no value, just among some other rocks. And they picked it up and they negotiated and actually got the seller to lower the price and bought it. And it was worth, if I remember correctly, over $10 million dollars. Amazing because somebody saw value where no one else saw it. And I want you to know that your heavenly father sees value where nobody else may have ever seen it before. And whenever Paul and Silas begin to worship, something happen. Because worship unleashes angelic forces and armies to come fight for you. And if they've got to shake that prison until the doors spring open, they will. Because worship transforms your life. And So what happened? Let me give you several things that you can do if you're in an inner prison. Number one, put God First. That's why that Paul and Silas were thrown in jail to begin with. Put God first. You see, one reason that we stay bound so long when we don't have to as believers is because we don't put God first in our life. It's the very act of putting him first that causes God to show up in our situation and circumstance. Amen. Paul and Silas, they braved the rejection of the crowd, the hostility of the environment and the culture. People there were very angry, as I said earlier, because livelihoods had been affected and people were going to be able to now be free. They didn't care about that little servant girl that was bound by that demonic spirit that was telling those fortunes. And there are people that don't care whether you get free or not either. As I've already said, they'd be perfectly happy for you to remain in bondage to credit card debt the rest of your life. Or to drugs, or to alcohol, or to tobacco that's eating your lungs out. They don't really care. In fact, this coronavirus pandemic has set me to thinking about a lot of things. Why don't they deal with some of these other problems that are taking even more lives than this virus is? All of them are problems that need to be addressed. But you, I guess it's because there are people that are worried about how it might affect the economy. So there you go. That's just what I said, isn't it? Put God first. Number two, you're going to have to go against your own natural inclinations if you want to be set free from inner prisons. Because your inner prisons will tell you what you can and cannot do. They'll say, don't do this, don't do that. And you'll have these programming issues in terms of your own thought life that will try to limit you and hold you back. I can imagine that at midnight, if there was anybody in that prison who did not feel like worshiping God, it was Paul and Silas. They had been beaten. Their backs were raw. They weren't just beaten. They were beaten with many stripes. They were in stocks. Their hands and their feet were secure. And yet they began to sing praises, even though their natural inclination was to groan in pain and to do anything but go to church. You see, that's what happens, isn't it, when many of us hurt. We don't go to the very place where we could get help. We don't go to the source where we can receive the balm that can soothe our wounded spirits. And so we have a problem. And you know what oftentimes happens? We stay home. Somebody offends us. Somebody does something to us. And we see everything through the matrix of these inner prisons, don't we? Through these glasses. Our perspective is altered to fit how we see ourselves. And so if we feel that we are not valued and loved and somebody walks into a room, looks over our way and ignores us and goes to someone else. We feel that person didn't want to talk to us. We filter that experience through our own perception of who we are. Or if you walk into a room and two people are talking and they both glance over at you and they're laughing. And then when they see you looking, they turn and look the other way and stop laughing. We feel, "Uh oh, they were talking about me. Maybe they weren't at all. Maybe they just glanced over to see who had come in the room and they went back to their conversation. But that's not what we see. We filter that experience through our perception of who we are. And so you have to go against your own natural inner inclination. It was midnight. They didn't want to sing, but they did it anyway. They didn't want to praise God, but they did it anyway. And I'm sure that there are times in your life when you haven't felt like praising him either. The third thing that you can do if you want to get set free from inner prisons is worship God in your trials and afflictions. Don't wait until everything gets better. Right in the middle of your circumstance, carve out time to read the word of God. This will transform your life. It will cause you to see yourself the way God sees you. You'll never think of yourself as being unworthy again once you realize how much you matter to him. And number four, they let the prisoners hear them. That's significant. Let's not be ashamed or intimidated by a culture that has been increasingly hostile toward people of faith. They don't want us to believe in any kind of supreme being. And Look where that got us. Look what happened whenever we went to universities and listened to professors who were atheists tell us there was no God. We pushed God right out of the world and the result is we've got a mess on our hands right now. And as I said Not all that many days ago. It's like God just said, time out. I need you to stop and think about what you're doing. You're even destroying the earth you live on. We have to come to grips with the fact that we need God in our life. And the prisoners ought to hear us praising. Those who are bound... Those who can't see that there is a God. Those who have never had the experience of having their sins washed away by the blood of Jesus. Those who have never been baptized or known the power of forgiveness. We need to make sure that the prisoners hear us. Many Christians are afraid to let their faith be known. They're afraid that it might hold them back for advancing uh, on their job and promotions on their job. They're afraid that they might not get the best grades in the university. Stand your ground. Stand your faith, child of God. If you want to be free yourself, you need to let the prisoners hear you. And I promise you this. that. Whenever you're struggling on the inside and you're all concerned about what other people think about you and you're worried, it makes it very, very difficult for you to ever well, let's say it again let the prisoners hear what you really believe. And then five, the fifth point I would make is this: when your prison burst open and God sets you free, let your mess become your message. Let your test become your testimony. Turn your attention from your problem to helping others because there's a powerful principle at work in Scripture. Jesus was beaten with stripes, and the Scripture says, By his stripes we were healed. You see, where his stripes were placed, he received authority to heal others. And where you have been wounded, you receive authority to bring healing to others also. What you've been through becomes One of the most important things that you will ever use to be able to bless anybody else. So you know what Paul and Silas did after being set free? They used their dilemma and their problem as a means of ministering to others. They preached to the Philippian jailer. They baptized him and his whole family. And do you know not one prisoner left that jail after it sprung open? They knew something was going on. Child of God... When you get deliverance, when you get set free from inner prisons, people notice. And I pray right now, Father God, that you will touch your people, deliver us from pain that has been unresolved, from anger, hostility. I pray that you'll set people free from prisons of low self-esteem. I pray that they will come to understand who they actually are in God. And Lord, I ask it in Jesus' name. And if you're watching this program and you've never given your heart to Christ, I want you to pray with me right now and then call or get in touch with the link that's on the bottom of this screen and let us know. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your saving grace. And I'm asking you to save those that hear this message who opened their heart and life to you. Come into their heart. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. And don't let this be where your experience stops. Go ahead and do three other things. I want you to be baptized in water to follow the example of our Christ in his precious name. Number two, be filled full of the Holy Spirit. To empower your life to serve God. And number three, become a disciple. Get in the Word of God and get to know this God that has saved you. I love you so much. God bless you in Jesus' name. God for your freedom.